Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Masha Pavlova. She is a thought leader, an innovator, a speaker, a coach, and an international number one best-selling author. Welcome, Masha. So happy to have you here. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic, Brad. Thank you so much for having me here. It's been a bit of a journey for us to get this done, so I'm really happy and excited to have you here finally and we're able to finally have the opportunity to sit down and talk about you and all the beautiful things that you're doing and the beautiful bright light you're shining out into the world so i'm happy to have you here and appreciate you making and taking the time to be here with me today it's a pleasure brad and everything always happens in the right time so i'm excited that's right (laughs) so in addition to those things you're also the founder and owner of mdp studios and ESC by the U brand. You wear a hell of a lot of hats and that's quite a resume. How do you find the time for all of this and how important is prioritization and organization to you in order to stay on top of things? It is everything, right? It is everything, but it's even more than that. It is finding the ability to understanding your own superpower and building incredible teams around you to take care of the rest. I love that you said that about the teams thing, because so often we go into entrepreneurship thinking we have to do it alone and we can't, we just simply cannot do it alone. We do need to surround ourselves with people who support us and believe in us and cheerlead us and help us along the way. Absolutely. That is key to success in my opinion. Uh, I think so. I think that's the foundation for entrepreneurship is having the support system in place and knowing that we can't do it alone. Yes. Nor are we meant to. That's right. That's right. We are meant to be the tribe and the clan and our own community. (laughs) (laughs) So I would love to know then with you wearing all these hats, what does your morning routine look like? Oh, great question, Brad. So I actually am starting a new routine. One of the things that I have been doing is prioritizing being versus doing. I used to be the person who would get up and rush into things and rush into meetings and rush into my to-do lists. I would think about that before I went to sleep and I would think about it when I woke up. (laughs) (laughs) And it didn't serve me very well because even though it felt like I was going 100 miles an hour, I was actually less productive, believe it or not. Uh Uh, So what I'm doing now is I'm actually slowing down. I'm meditating in the morning. I'm taking the first little bit just for me, just to be, just to enjoy. And I think meditation has been huge for that. Uh, The other thing that I've been doing is I've been actually following the Wim Hof method. He is otherwise known as the Iceman. And so I've been following the routine with cold showers and 
I am never thought I would say this before, but I'm actually lucky at this point. It is <laughs> to be in Wisconsin. It is March 27th today and there is snow outside. And so being able to go barefoot in the snow and have my system reset, my stress go away from that, my anxiety and overwhelm and whatever else comes up for that day, just melt away with the snow and and then get started. Beautiful. I love that you've got the self-awareness around all of that. And you realize that it's time to slow down. We don't take the time to slow down. I think as human beings, you know, you would have thought that over the last three years, that would be the one thing that we learned with what the world has gone through is that we need to take the time to slow down, but it doesn't seem to have taken effect with a lot of people. So it's great to hear that you are doing that and you do have the self-awareness around that. Yeah, it's been a work in progress for sure. But just like any habit over time, it gets easier and easier. Absolutely. So what drives, motivates and inspires you to keep excelling at all that you do, Masha? I have this intense desire and I'm not quite sure where it comes from. Perhaps it's from my own life experience and everything that I have gone through in my life. I want to change the world. And when I look at people, when I have conversations with people, I see their greatest potential. I see everything that they are capable of. And maybe this is a little selfish of me, but I want to see and therefore create, because I don't see it currently, a world where people can choose to be their greatest self and have it be easy, have the resources be there for them to become that, to become themselves, you know, to take that journey, to take the steps Uh towards their journey versus accepting reality for what it is and, you know, being victims of their circumstances. Well, what we've been conditioned to believe it needs to be. I mean, I think that's incredibly selfless, actually, Masha. I think that's a beautiful mission. And I'm I'm right on board there with you. I, I think that everyone needs to discover their gifts and what they were given, their talents, and share that with the world. And to see people excel and succeed is such an incredible joy to see that. It really is. His Holiness the Dalai Lama just recently talked about that in the movie Joy, mm-hmm. Mission Joy. And he says, he, the Dalai Lama, His Holiness says, I am selfish, but I'm the good kind of selfish. I am, <laughs> <laughs> you have to be the good kind of selfish. Yes. You know? We get so much positive feeling from everything that we do, but it's not about us at the same time. It is and it isn't. We, we can't exclude ourselves from the joy and the success. And yet being able to create that outside of ourselves is what brings me at least the greatest joy. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you. It is such a great feeling to see others around us succeed and be happy and joyful. It's an incredibly beautiful feeling. It truly is. Truly is. So what were you doing for a living before making the transition into the entrepreneurial world? Oh my gosh, that's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've been, honestly, I... I've tried, this is a very, very long time ago. This is probably multiple decades, which is strange to say, where I held (laughs) actual jobs, the J-O-B word. Boy, I'm one of those weird individuals that just could not sit still in the job. I needed Mm -hmm. growth and oftentimes job required the mundane and didn't allow a lot of improvements or or didn't, you know, there was a lot of red tape around improvements. Yeah, I went the entrepreneurial route very early. I actually started, I joined a photography company as a originally as a retoucher and then I ended up managing the business and then from there starting my own this was it's actually going to be coming up in 11 years now wow mm-hmm. <laughs> 
All right. Well, this is a great segue then. I want to talk a little bit about photography. I know you. I'm a photographer as well, and you and I have talked about photography. So I want to talk a little shop with you about photography. Mm-hmm. What inspired your journey into the world of photography? Well, you know, sometimes life just picks you up and leads you a certain direction. Mm-hmm. And it brought me to photography very early, something that I've always had a passion for as long as I can remember. And originally, I actually didn't like photographing people. I loved photographing nature because I wasn't sure how to connect with individuals. However, very early on when I had the opportunity to start working, I started working with a lot of women, a lot of families, as you do when you're starting out, you're trying to figure out what it is that you like to do in the field. And a lot of, if not the majority of the women that would come to me would be, you know, would bring their families, would bring their children and they would place their children in front of the camera and then walk out of the frame walk out of the shot, walk out, you know, Mm -hmm. just go in the background. And I would have a very hard time convincing her to get in front of the camera and she would refuse. And I was very young back then. I didn't quite understand. So I started asking a lot of questions because I like to problem solve for people. And I I was like, you know, well, what's the problem? Let let me see if I can solve it for you. And it was so strange because it was a different face, but the same answers. But what it came really came down to is those answers were something that she was selling me. She was selling herself. But the reality is she didn't feel worthy. And I built my entire business to combat that. I built the entire structure to be able to show her what other people see, what the people she loves see of her with all of her different facets. And then not only from the photography side, but from an experiential side, I've created an entire process to be able to walk her into who she is. And using all of the senses, creating a lot of anchor points throughout this experience. So the photography actually becomes almost like a trigger of this new habit loop of rewriting her old belief system of herself and seeing herself for who she truly is and allowing her to step into that every time she recalls a photo session or she goes back to her photos. I love that. It is truly an incredible tool. And it's funny, the parallels with yours and my journey into photography, because I was the same thing. I had no interest whatsoever in photographing people, none whatsoever. Mine was architecture and landscapes and things like that. But when you connect with PU, it, it gives you the permission, the tool. It, it is so beautiful to be able to connect with people in that way through photography. It's really an amazing thing. It really is, truly. And to see those lives change almost instantly, it's it's strange what happens, what, what we're capable of when we get out of our own way, right? Yeah. I mean, to be able to show a woman in particular, because I shoot, I photograph women as well, to be able to show a woman herself in a light that she doesn't normally get to see herself in and to show her her true beauty, it is incredibly transformational. It really is. It really is. And I mean, there's a lot of other great uses too, because not only is she now embodying that new self it also you know a lot of women i work with are business owners so allowing that to through those images go through to the clients to the individuals that we're meant to connect with and being able to speak that message through imagery imagery is extremely powerful for that so it kind of works both ways on that as yeah it's beautiful (laughs) what is your favorite thing about being a photographer what lights you up the most about it Ooh, that's a great question the biggest thing that lights me up about photography is I think seeing the reaction that she gets when she sees herself for the first time in the photographs, being mm-hmm. able to, like, it lights her up and it's so emotional. There is usually tears involved and it's <laughs> such a powerful moment. And most of us, myself included, 
I, I used to say this all the time, I don't look good in photos. Yeah. And it's not because you're not photogenic. First of all, that's not your job. <laughs> let's go, let's yeah. not do that. It's the photographer's job. That's right. But it's really, it's more than the photograph is being able to, again, see yourself in the light that you have never been able to see yourself before. I think that's my favorite thing is just, it's, it's that moment. Yeah, that's truly beautiful for sure. What inspires you to create art? Where do you pull inspiration from? I think it goes back to, again, just that change. When I have conversations with an individual, I'm able to pull out, or for whatever reason, I'm able to see their most incredible self. I think judgment is a cover-up of some of the most beautiful gifts that we have. We just don't mm -hmm. know how to access them properly and how to heal through some of the traumas that cover those gifts up. And so removing those and being able to do that for others and again, seeing the transformations, not just in the lives of that one individual, but seeing the ripple effect coming from that individual's shift in their life and their family and their business and their community. And then watching what they go out into the world and do and achieve. I think that's what keeps me going is being able to just see that transformation and be witness of it, be part of that journey for, with her. Isn't that so incredibly powerful when you sit down and think about that, what you just said, how it not only affects the woman you're photographing, but everyone around her it ripples out to her family, her friends, her business, all of these things from one photograph. How fucking powerful is that? <laughs> and people don't, it's funny because sometimes I think about this with photography, people don't think of photography as art. And it makes me laugh because I think photography is art. That, I mean, you're capturing a moment in time that can never, ever be captured again, ever Absolutely. Absolutely. in the same way. And the effect that that has or can have, the power in that is just unbelievable. It truly is. What, what a gift we have been given to be able to. Yeah, 1000%. <laughs> so I'm curious, when you aren't actually shooting paid work, what do you do to keep your mind in that creative space? Personal projects, like what types of things do you do? Well, I'm a big fan of travel. One of the things that I've been doing is I've been going and exploring and seeing people, just people mm -hmm. doing different incredible things and being able to witness and, and actually photograph. It's not just about, you know, the, the being in front of the one individual and working with a specific client, but being able to be out there. And I recently uh, have gone to India and was part of a documentary crew for doing the stills and just being able to capture life, but being able to do it show the beauty, the dignity, the the culture, the different aspects of of people and how people are and what people do across the world. It does something incredible because it, first of all, shows people what they normally won't be able to see. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, it shows both the differences and the incredible similarities. I think it brings us all closer together. And I've been using that as a creative outlet lately. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, I'm going to shift gears here now because I could continue to talk shop and photography with you all day here, <laughs> but we've got much more. You put much more beautiful light out into the world than just your photography. So I want to talk a little bit about thought leadership and coaching and things like that. So I'm curious, Masha, what does thought leadership mean to you? Thought leadership to me, I think the meaning of that has been evolving over the years. I have really been leaning into the idea of self-leadership leading by example, seeing something that you want to see different in the world, seeing something that can be better. And instead of going out and trying to change people, being able to change yourself, change your own world, go out and do what you need to do and connect with the people who are doing the same kind of work and being able to create those collaborations for the good of everybody. That's 
to me what true leadership is about. And it puts you in a position where you cannot have the ego driving it. You cannot have ulterior motives driving it. It has to truly be pure intention because people people can feel it, especially on that level. And when you are of that intention, where you truly want to make a change, you align with some of the most incredible people in the world. And then you're able to do even more because you're expanding your reach and you're also connecting with people who have superpowers that complement yours. <laughs> you're in alignment. So you're going <laughs> to attract those people in. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, in your opinion, what makes a successful thought leader? A successful thought leader, in my opinion, is somebody who is seeking a win-win-win. Oftentimes, especially traditionally, we're taught that in order for me to be successful, somebody else has to lose. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that in, in any way, shape, or form. So everything that I've been doing and everybody who I associate myself with, they're always seeking a win-win-win scenario. For example, I am, let's say I'm serving a client or I'm serving a community or I'm putting something good out there. So it is a win for me and it is a win for the person I am serving or the people that I am serving. If I also align myself with somebody who is serving the same audience and I support them in their work, I win just by supporting them because they're supporting my community also. So it becomes a self-sufficient ecosystem when more and more of us do this. And it creates not only leadership and thought leadership on the high level, but it also comes down to leadership inside the communities and being able to not just have, you know, leadership look like a traditional couple of people up there, you know, pulling the vote, but instead it's being able to have the community rise up and all of us contribute to the betterment of everyone. I love that. An ecosystem, a self-sufficient ecosystem. That's amazing and beautiful. Thank you. What is one tip or takeaway that listeners can implement immediately, do you think, to start stepping into and embracing that inner leader and to begin to own that? I think it's asking for help is the biggest thing. I think that some of my biggest breakthroughs, and from in my reality, in my world, I was kind of not forced into that situation. You know, we always have a choice, but a lot of my choices were taken away. And it's been the biggest gift because it's allowed me to seek out the support that I needed to move forward. Realize that you don't have all the answers and that's okay. And you don't, it's not your role or your job to do everything. When you see a really big mission, when you dream as big as you want to dream, as you allow yourself to dream, understand that even though you want to see that reality, your job is maybe to just put that reality out there. It's just simply allowing your skill set to come through and applying it in a specific way, but being able to link arms with other people who are seeing the same vision, who are seeing the same dream, and just allowing yourself to ask for those people, ask for the help that you need, ask for, just, just ask. <laughs> I love that, Masha. I love that you shared that asking for help. That is such a, a stumbling block or a hurdle for so many women in particular, asking for help. And it's okay. There's no shame around asking for help. And to be honest, we're not meant to do any of this on our own. We're meant to do it in community, in support, in collaboration with others. We can accomplish so much more if we can get ourselves into that mindset and that headspace of we need to do this together. It, it has, has to be, to be done, done in community. community. There's no other way to do it. Truly, truly. And contrary to popular belief, it's not a weakness. It's one of the strongest, most courageous things you can do. Yes. And the one that holds the biggest reward behind it, honestly. I love that. Yes, absolutely. It's not a weakness at all. It actually shows strength that you can ask for help 100%. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
What's the process in your mind that best supports leadership development? There is a particular process I actually teach, and it's very simple. It's very intuitive. However, it takes some effort and some mainly recognition and awareness. I think the practice is in awareness. Being able to create conscious choice and make that a practice of your everyday life, meaning I think the majority of us can relate to driving somewhere, especially on a routine route, whether you're driving to work, whether you're driving to your friend's house, whether you're driving to the store and you zone out, you know, you, you don't remember how you got there or your mind yeah. is somewhere else. Well, oftentimes the majority of our life has actually lived that way in that space. We are preoccupied with the future, with the past, with the to-do list, with things that we're you know, putting up all the fires, especially for us entrepreneurs, you know, putting up all the fires that are always going to be there. Uh And instead being able to slow down enough and hit pause from that overwhelm and become aware of what are you actually trying to accomplish? Is there a better way? Is there a more sustainable way maybe? Because this hustle, this rushing through your to-do list is not sustainable and it doesn't actually get you very far. So how can you slow down? What can you do to pause in the moment, reflect and reassess? And then also, again, coming back to community, fill the gaps of the things that drain your energy with people who absolutely love doing those tasks and instead focus on you and your superpowers. I love it. Well, as you said at the beginning there, once you slowed down yourself, you were able to accomplish more. Mm-hmm. As opposed to going through that to-do list and hustle. Let's start with hustle. I cannot stand that word and that whole <laughs> culture. It's all bullshit in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we need to to realize that we need to slow down. And another thing that ties into slowing down, I think, is celebrating our wins. We do not do that because we're taught that it's bragging or it's boasting or all of these things. And I think we need to take a page from that as well and realize that it's okay to celebrate your wins. And we need to, because that in turn gives other people permission to celebrate their wins and know that it's okay. 100%. And if you're somebody who's struggling with that, one of the biggest sets of feedback I got in that from a mentor of mine is shifting that over to gratitude. What Uh are you grateful for? And you can be grateful for things that you have accomplished. You can be grateful for the opportunities that you have. Take ownership of the wins and take ownership of the things that you're doing, but have it be from, if your fear is ego, shift that ego over to gratitude. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Masha, how long have you been a coach and what inspired the journey for you into the world of coaching? You know, I've never in my life early on, I would have never imagined myself being where I am today. Part of the biggest reason for that, and I mentioned it earlier that something has happened. I had my incredible photography business, have been doing everything quote unquote right. And I appeared successful on the outside, but the reality was I was not living a healthy life. And I was missing a lot of signs that my body was putting out there that I was burning out and I was just moving forward because I thought I was invincible. And in August of 2019, my most successful year in my photography business, my health actually crashed. And so all of a sudden I had emergency surgery and I could no longer function. I could no longer do the things that I'm used to doing. And what brought me to coaching was being able to, again, slow down enough. In that case, I was forced to, because there's no other choice. I couldn't physically do anything. Yeah. But being able to then just sit and observe and seeing the same problem that has brought me to where I am impact all of the people I care about, 
the people I network with, the people that I'm friends with, all of these business owners. And the worst part of it was being able to see, not only see them going down that same path, but also understanding that you're not really gaining anything from it. It's strange because we put in all this work, but in reality is if you step away from your business, is your business going to keep going? Is it going to keep moving? Or does it need you there constantly? Because if it needs you there constantly, you have a very, very expensive job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. And and so my my initial reality was I, I don't want this to happen to anybody else. So what can I do? And at the time, I talking about processes, here here's the process. I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel worthy. Who am I to create a system? Who am I to create a solution when I have just failed horribly myself and I am right. now bedridden? But the reality is, is I, I truly believe that we go through tragedies in life and struggles and difficulties in order to teach others how to persevere based on our own experience and to, again, make sure that doesn't happen to anyone. So I started as a honestly just talking about making a change in the business world and changing how we do business. That has aligned me with some of the most incredible people that I know that are out there doing the same work. And we've created solutions for businesses to be able to move differently, to be able to create sustainability. Because I don't know if you've seen the statistics, but the statistics for business failures, as awful as they are, they haven't changed in over 30 years. How sad is that? It's mind-boggling because we have so many resources, so many coaches out there, and everybody's doing their damn hardest. And yeah. yet the statistics aren't changing. Well, why? Why is that? How do we address that? And so we sought out with an incredible group of people to address that and create a true solution. I love it. And so what, in your opinion, then, is the most important quality or skill set in a coach? I think it's the ability to be objective because there are certain things that are personal and there are certain things that are structural. And oftentimes we can't separate the two because we believe that structure kills creativity. Well, coming from an artistic background and studying art a lot, I have a huge love for art. And in art, you have to learn the basic rules. And the reason you learn those rules is in order to have the context to be able to break them. Well, the same thing goes for business and for coaching, for everything else. You need to have a structure and it needs to be objective because business is objective. You're going to be building a house and you need a specific sequence to yeah. when you're going to hold up <laughs> when you're going to do electricity. And yeah. I think you should do, or I feel like you should do this. Instead, it's understanding that sequence and then that sequence providing the space for the creativity you need. So in coaching, it needs to be somebody who has a true understanding of that and has both the creative mindset, but also the strategic, structural, functional mindset as well. I love that. <laughs> what a great analogy. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what lights you up or inspires you the most about the coaching work that you do? I think it's the same as the photography. I think it's it's being part of people's journeys, lighting them up and watching them step into their superpowers and watching them step into a position where they can realize their dreams and change the world in their own way and their own with their own skill set and and watching them shift people's lives as well it's it just keeps keeps going you know ripple effect yeah how incredible i mean to have impact in another person's life and give back to them in a way where their life shifts it's just it's indescribable honestly i don't think there are enough words to describe how incredible that feels the only word i've been able to find is awe is just gain <laughs> yeah. constant level of awe, state of awe. Yeah, yeah. 
That's it. That's a good description of it for sure. <laughs> what type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them? I'm looking for people who want to change the world. <laughs> Big surprise, right? Yeah. <laughs> people who have been seeing for a long time, perhaps, maybe their entire life, something that they want to see that needs to be different. And perhaps they've tried going about it, but again, they're finding themselves stuck. They're finding themselves not being enough. They're downing themselves or they've been spinning their wheels over and over again, and it's not getting them to where they want to be. They're not seeing that results. And I find that oftentimes, it's, again, it's stepping back enough to see what parts inspire you, what parts give you energy, what parts are your superpowers. Just because you know how to do a skill doesn't mean it's your skill to do because sometimes like, <laughs> I have a graphic design background and I do great graphic design. Do I like it? An occasion for my own creativity. Do I like it as a job? Uh -huh. Absolutely not. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so being able to watch them actually step away from all of the busy work and only focusing on what it is that they love to do. And believe me, you can make an entire life, an entire career just doing that. And it's marvelous. <laughs> I love that you said that because I think that this also is part of all the societal and parental conditioning as we're growing up, teaching us that, you know, if you're not good at this thing and this thing and this thing, that just means you need to work harder to become good at it. Why are we constantly doing that? We should be saying to the younger generation, if this is what you're good at, focus on that and hone that and become an expert at that. There are other people who can do the other things. Don't worry about that. Focus on and, and hone your skills at that which you are good at. And that's it. You don't need to be good at everything. And you can't be good at everything. Focus on what you're good at. Absolutely. I love that, Brad. And the funniest thing is people don't realize, but that thing that you absolutely hate doing, somebody mm -hmm. else loves it. It's their that's right. power. So allow them to do their thing and what they love. <laughs> yeah. And you focus on your zone of genius and what you love. And That's right. get amazing at that. But we've been conditioned, oh, if you're not good at that, you just need to work harder. You need to practice more. You need to do this. You need to do that. No, you don't. <laughs> Can you talk to us a little bit about ESC by the U brand and the U brand? What was the inspiration behind starting these entities? How long have they been in existence? Tell us all about that. Yeah. Well, they are the outcome of this health crash that has happened in 2019 and I've always known I wanted to change the world. I've always known I've wanted to do something big for a long time. Never thought it was possible for me because who am I to do, you know, X, Y, Z. And when photography was taken away, when my business was taken away and all of my focus has now gone to business and business solution and how do I fix this problem? It has given birth to the idea of the U brand. And I literally just was, all I could do is network from my house. And, for, you know, a couple of times my friends would come and pick me up from the house because I couldn't drive at the time. And so yeah. they would take me to the live networking events, but I would mainly do virtual. This is right before COVID actually. Yeah. So uh, I was ahead of the game on that. And as we were getting started and we were talking about, okay, well, what would the solution even look like? Shortly after that, the pandemic hit and we actually scrapped our launch. We scrapped all of everything we were building up until that point. And we said, okay, the world is going to, what is the saying? Hell in the Hell in, Hell in a handbasket. Handbasket, that's right. <laughs> and I was watching, you know, the people that I saw as leaders, but nobody was responding. And there was this level of frustration with nobody knows what's going on. We don't know what's going on, but somebody needs to, to take the reins and do something. So this is funny. If nobody tells you what's impossible, you don't know. So you do the That's impossible. right. And so 
Ignorance is bliss, as they say. That's right. This is a good application of that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> and so what we did was we actually pulled off a two-week-long uh, live event with two speakers a day with some of the most incredible people that I know, national, international, incredible speakers. We pulled it off in two and a half weeks because I didn't realize you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I didn't realize it was supposed to take months. Now, will I ever do that again? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It worked out. It had its, you know, hiccups. But we started gathering a community. And what it is today is it's a full-blown system. We have developed our own coaching model, which allows coaches to maximize their time and allows us to charge very little to the end client for high-level coaches because of the way that we fracture the time of the coach and how intentional we are with each of the steps. But the key thing is that we have divided business into three different sectors that are equally as important. One of them being the business development, which is completely objective, which is only about the steps to build out your business, nothing more and nothing less. The second part is your personal development, which holds your leadership skills, your team building skills. It holds your well-being in it. And then the third component is the community development, which focuses on all of the people that are involved that are outside of you. So your team, your clients, and your direct community that you're impacting. And as I mentioned before, practicing what I preach, I realized very quickly that I don't manage people well, and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I am very grateful because I recently made a transition where I've onboarded the new CEO and COO. They have stepped in to run the business and the organization where I can step into more of my superpower. And they are doing what they love doing and what they're good at is building out the mission from the inside out. And I am simply uh, continuing to build out the structures and, and what I love without having to manage the people. <laughs> Beautiful. And I want to just go back to the, the two-week event you were talking about there for a second. You're saying yeah. that there were bumps in the road and whatnot. But I think that's part of what we have to also remember as entrepreneurs, too, that it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Oh, my gosh. That's uh, right. You know, get it done over being perfect, I think is the key. Life is messy. Entrepreneurship is messy. And we have to realize that and be okay with it. Yes. Imperfect action beats perfect inaction. Yes. There you go. That's the key, I think, for yes. sure. Now, you also say that you're on a mission to connect leaders, change makers, and visionaries with high impact projects, funding, and resources. Why have you decided to make this your mission? And why is this so personally important to you? You know, I... When people ask you how you want to eat an elephant, it can feel very overwhelming, but the answer is one piece at a time, right? One, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so when we talk about changing the world, that also seems like a very daunting task and almost seems idealistic or impossible. But the reality is, is if you have a starting point and if you connect people who are already doing the work, it becomes rather simple. So business, while it has a, such a big and important role in my life, it's not everything. Because I want to have a holistic approach to the solutions that I create and I help, you know, I take part in creating, I want to test it in different areas. And business is one of the areas we've been testing and finding success in. And then being able to take what I've learned from that and being able to imprint it on other solutions. So currently we're working with housing, we're working with education, working with agriculture, and being able to take what we're learning from the business world and we're continuing spreading the message and allowing others to step in and build it out and plug in and being able to distribute more of the impact across the world. I love it. Impact. That's it. We can change the world. Absolutely. It is possible. Like you said, it's just one. I think that another thing that we as entrepreneurs 
tend to do is we look at the whole staircase instead of looking at it at one step at a time. If we look at the whole staircase, that's when the overwhelm sets in. If we take it one step at a time and just look at that staircase as an individual step each way, we can get so much more accomplished. And again, speaking to the whole community and collaboration piece of it, those two pieces, in my opinion, well, three, celebration as well, those three pieces are the integral and key pillars to the foundation of business, in my opinion. 100%. That's 100% spot on. We can't do it without all of those things. We need all three of those pieces. It's all of those. And it's what stops us from pursuing those three components is we tell ourselves all of these things that have been so commonly accepted. We don't even notice when we're talking about it. But how many times have you said, oh, well, you know, this will take this amount of time or this will be Gosh, one of my biggest frustrations lately has been with people who've been saying, oh, well, you know, we probably won't see the results in our lifetimes, but, you know, at least we're setting up <laughs> yeah. the next generation. I'm like, you know how many generations have been saying that? Like, stop it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stop yeah, telling yourself to. this story. You know, yep. anytime you're, you're, your mind is going to that story, go back to, like you said, the celebration, but catch yourself doing it and say, does this have to be the case? Does this have to be true? And if so, why? Who's, who says so? You know? Yeah. It's it's been a voice in your head. Someone else has said that and told you that and fed you that line. It doesn't have to be that way. Things don't have to be as hard as they have been made to be over the past centuries. I mean, things can be done in an easier way. And I think that part of that comes through collaboration for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead. I was going to say, I love the mind. I love understanding how we work, our neurology, psychology, physiology, how they connect. And I find that, you know, there's nothing wrong with it because our mind is truly trying to protect us. We hear this right now. A lot of people are talking about this particular thing, but how it applies here is when we hear something new, when we hear something like changing the world, we tend to almost disconnect from the concept because it feels hard. Anytime yeah. we're introduced to a new idea, it feels like it should be difficult or we tell ourselves, oh my gosh, it's going to be hard, but I will overcome it. Or maybe you just disconnect from it altogether. But mm-hmm. why does it have to be hard? Who said that it has to be hard? It, yeah. that's, that's another thing we just tell ourselves, but you know, to keep a, our mind does it to keep us safe. And that makes sense. However, what if it didn't have to be hard? What if it could that's be That's right. That's right. It's the narratives that we've been fed and we've been told and we believe those stories that we've been told. It's just, you got to shift your thinking, shift your mindset around it and realize that, no, it doesn't have to be hard. It can be be hard if you want it to be. Absolutely. That's right. You always have a choice. Yeah. Uh, Henry Ford says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. That's right. That's it. Masha, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I love people and I love processes and I love problem solving. So I have a couple of gifts when it comes to that. I see people, I see them for who they are. I see their biggest superpowers. I see patterns in places. So when I go out and I see different things working in one area, I I can understand how to take it apart, strip it from the particular application and being able to reapply it to a different situation to have more successful results and just more sustainable results. And being able to also connect people to resources is the other key thing for whatever reason I have been, and I don't know if it's partially maybe gifted, partially experienced, partially a skill set, but being able to connect with people, with the right people and being able to connect those people with the people, projects and resources that they need 
again, to create those win-win-win scenarios, it feels like it's common sense and common knowledge, but I am finding that it's more of a superpower that I have. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? Success is being able to be aware enough to make the choices consciously. Because there are times that I choose to be in bed and not do anything. And to me, that day is successful mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. I'm choosing to relax. If I'm choosing to follow something and to, towards a goal or towards something or towards helping an individual, to me, that is success. It's being able to celebrate a particular choice that I made for whatever it is that I needed to do. And it looks different day to day. It's, it's success is releasing the judgment of each moment of whatever is carried in it, being able to release it and connect it to my purpose and my being. Again, that it could look different day to day, but that's, that's generally what it looks like, what it is. I love that. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? Hmm. I think the biggest wake up call for me was being able to understand the amount of control I have over my reality. First of all, realizing that my reality is only, (laughs) it's going to sound strange, but it's an illusion. And and here's what I mean by that. I don't mean that in a woo way or anything like that. We have a confirmation bias. We, We all know about that to some level where, you know, you think of a red car, you're thinking about getting a red car and now you're seeing red cars everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, our minds are wired to do that on a regular basis. And so we are wired to see and experience the things that prove to us that our reality is true. So I grew up believing that I wasn't smart enough, that I wasn't this, that I wasn't that, that I had a limited reach that I had. I actually don't have a degree. I love education, but I don't love the piece of paper. So I went to school for a long time, but then quit right before <laughs> before graduating. That's a whole other story for maybe another. I was going to say, I think the whole education system is a, an entire episode that we oh could get into gosh. talk yes. about how broken it is. But anyways, I digress. You go on. <laughs> That's right. We will, we will get to that at some point. That's a, whole, yeah. that's a great conversation to get into. But we see this reality around us and we think that anything outside of this reality is completely unreachable for us for one reason or another, whether we're not worthy or this or that, or it's just, it doesn't happen for people like us, whatever you tell yourself, whatever that is. The truth is that is absolutely false. That is absolutely false. Anything and everything, anybody is accessible to you at any given time. You just have to choose a slightly different path. And it's not a different path of of different actions or a different lifestyle or different anything. It's simply an opening of the mind of realizing that all you have to do is ask. So for me, I went from being a photographer and being, you know, locked into that identity. My skill set became my identity. And so having an identity of a photographer... I didn't allow myself to have access to bigger resources or bigger projects or different projects because I said, well, how can a little girl photographer deal with those things? Uh You know, I right now I'm working with a lot of people with, you know, higher education, PhDs and people who are, you know, national, international speakers and really, really successful people. And in the past, it was this idea of, well, who am I to even be in those circles? Who am I to even talk to them, right? But the reality is people are people and everybody wants to achieve something and everybody is missing something. So instead of having your reality be a closed bubble, I would invite anybody and everybody to write it out, like write out what you think your reality is, what you think is accessible to you, and then see if you can reverse that. See if you can reverse engineer the, the mindset of confirmation bias to see the opposite. 
just to prove to yourself that you can, just to prove to yourself what else is out there. I love that. The, the whole mindset piece is a huge thing. And it, it brings up a thought around a conversation I was having with a friend of mine today. And we we're talking about how people say, oh, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Now, I agree with that to a certain degree, but she brought up an interesting point saying, well, okay, sure. If I can do it, you can do it. Anybody can do it. But there's also different pieces that factor into that in terms of, let's say, something like timing. She was talking about a friend or someone that she knows that she's a coach and she jumped on the whole Facebook Live thing when it first came out. And she used that and utilized that and leveraged that to explode her platform because of Facebook Lives. Now, fast forward to now, you're not going to have the same effect as you would with Facebook Lives because it's it's not that it's done or it's over, but it's not the the new shiny thing. So you're not going to have the same effect. So what are your thoughts on all of that? That whole thing of if I can do it, anybody can do it. I mean, I know we, we can accomplish anything we want in this life if we set our mind to it and we put in the work. Absolutely. But there are certain things where like this timing is, is of the essence. Timing is a key to that where it won't have the same effect. I love that question. I think it's a two-part question, a two-part answer rather. Um, mm -hmm. The first thing about timing is if you miss it, it's not your train. Right. right. Yes. If an opportunity is yours, it will come back. And timing is truly everything. However, one of the biggest things that I learned also is to not be attached to a specific outcome because being able to understand, okay, well, I missed the trend with Facebook lives. That was a trend. Trends happen right. every time. What else is an opportunity there? And at the same time, when you're pursuing opportunities, understanding that I don't have to be attached to the results because it's going to happen one way or another. This is just one thing that I'm trying. This is one thing that I'm pursuing. Because when we look at something like that, when you say, well, you know, this trend happened and I didn't make it on, onto that particular trend or I didn't make it on time for that particular trend, you're thinking backwards. What can you do to look for the opportunities that are here in front of you right now? Because there's going to be a million. There's going to be a million new ways that, you know, social media is in, improving or creating new tools out there or there are different communication things. So look for those opportunities, but really focus on what is it that you're trying to accomplish? Who is it that you're trying to serve? And if you're seeking those people out and if you're coming up with solutions and if you're truly there for their win, first and foremost, those opportunities will knock on your door themselves. Honestly, they'll find you. Yeah. My, my dad always said, what's meant for you will not go by you. So you just have to take that. Out. I was just curious to get your thoughts on that because this conversation just happened today and it got me thinking about that whole thing that we can do. We are capable of doing incredible things and we can do anything we want in this life. Anything is possible and achievable. You just have to set your mind to it. And of course, you have to put in the work. You have to have the mindset for sure. 100%. And the second part to that answer is oftentimes you hear speakers talk about it all the time as far as, you know, here's where I've been, here's where I have been. You know, I have my own you know, backstory behind the struggles that I've lived through. And the reason that we are sharing that is because we want to demystify this idea of us somehow being different, of anybody somehow being different because they're successful, that we are somehow innately gifted or that we have done something that's, you know, that we just get lucky, right? But it's right. being able to understand you create your own luck, you create your own opportunities. It's being able to say anybody, meaning Regardless of where you're coming from, regardless of what your story is, regardless of what your background is, what the struggles you have gone through or haven't gone through, everybody has an opportunity to create the life that they choose, the life that they want. And 
you just have to figure out how to do it. And that's where the asking for the help comes in. Okay. So now this brings up something very interesting. It just made me think people claim victimhood of their circumstances. So <laughs> let's look at kids that are raised or single mom in a bad neighborhood and how are they to to get out of that when it's cyclical you know the father leaves the picture and so these kids are meant to fend for themselves and the mother is off doing this and doing that or she's working three jobs to support her kids so they don't have any guidance at home like there are certain circumstances where you know they do play a huge part they do but i think it's not in the way that most people think if we look at some of the most successful people in the world, they have gone through trauma like that. They have been right. through and overcome some of the most adverse situations. And I think we can either, like you said, we can play the victim and for a while it serves us. But at some point, whenever it stops serving us to be the victim of our situation, we can actually use that pendulum to swing the other direction just as much because we have gone through that. We have an understanding of what that's like. And we have learned perseverance through those experiences. So how do we leverage that perseverance to be able to change that and, and change that not, not only for ourselves, but again, for our families, for others who are going through similar situations? We mm -hmm. oftentimes create, I think most of us create the person we needed at the time that we were going through those struggles. And so now that you are stepping into that person, how can you turn around and help others? And that's, at least that's what motivates me. And I think having that perspective of one day I will be able to not only change that for myself, but for people who are like me, I, I think that creates some of the biggest superpowers out there right now. I love that. So again, it all comes down to mindset. You have, <laughs> you have to get yourself into that space and yeah, you, you play the victim for as long as you need to, but you've got to pull yourself out of it and no one else is going to do it for you. You are the only person you got to be your own damn superhero. Yeah. Yourself, right? That's right. So I'd like to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How would you describe yourself in one word? Passion. <laughs> Very passionate about everything I do. <laughs> I can hear that. And yes, most definitely. <laughs> if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Hmm. Changing lives, I guess. Yeah. Changing lives. Okay. Positive impact. What is your favorite self-care practice? Swimming. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? <laughs> what is the voltage signs on the, on the high electricity? Like I, I zap people and <laughs> you will get very, very energized and excited working with me. <laughs> and keep it. going. <laughs> if you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Become self-aware, wake up and start owning your reality. What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? Ooh, the E-Myth. Okay. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Mm -hmm. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? I think it's, well, <laughs> I know this is going to sound strange, but people, just people. I don't know if there is one particular individual. I think it's the clients that I get to serve. It's the mentors that come and support me. It's my business partners. It's everyone that I meet because people are incredible and we're capable of so much. Every single person inspires me that I talk to. What challenge in your life has shaped you the most? Hmm. I think just the challenge of overcoming everything that's been throwing me. I have a life of an immigrant. I came here to the United States when I was 10 years old. And everything that came with that, I think, has been the biggest thing that has shaped me to who I am today. Yeah. What is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? 
you can do incredible things. You can truly do anything. You can break every single ceiling that you have if you allow yourself to do so. I'm noticing a theme here, Masha. <laughs> <laughs> truly, yes. <laughs> That's right. A, there's a constant thread throughout the whole conversation. I love it. <laughs> if you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Hmm. I think it would be with my younger self. I think if I could save myself the heartache of not knowing that everything is going to be okay, I think that would have... I think a, a part of me feels like I needed to go through all of that. It means <laughs> like, I just wish I had truly known to the core of my being that everything that I thought of is possible and I truly will be okay. Love it. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? <laughs> I think it's the same. I, I think just, again, having the complete true faith and trust and knowledge like factual knowledge that truly everything is going to be okay. Even in the darkest times, hardest situations, every single time you will make it through, you're stronger than you think. And lastly, Masha, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Don't be afraid to step into the greatness that you know you have. You have witnessed it. You have had plenty of proof Stop trying to pretend it's not there. Wake up to the reality that you are a superhero. You have incredible power behind you. You are here to do incredible, amazing things. All of the struggle that you have gone through is valid. It is true. It has helped you and it has guided you. But now it's time to let that go and to step into who you truly are meant to be. Beautiful. Masha, thank you so much for being here with me today and for sharing all that you do and shining your bright, beautiful light out into the world through all of the beautiful work that you're putting out there. I appreciate you and I'm honored to have you as a member of the Empowergraphy community and to have had this opportunity to sit down and share in your journey as you shared all the beautiful things that you're putting out there. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Brad. Thank you for the incredible work that you're doing. Really appreciate Thank you. it as well. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Masha Pavlova. She is a thought leader, innovator, speaker, coach, and a number one international bestselling author. Masha, thank you so much for being here with me today. I truly appreciate you. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much, Brad. You as well. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.